0: The Predators are in another hot run, which means we ask the question, are they actually good now? Plus, Dante Fabro, all of a sudden in trade talk online. We'll see what that's about. And it's Monday, which means it's time for our plus minus, where we highlight the highs and lows of the week. All coming up today in the Lockdown Predators podcast.
1: Locked On Predators. Your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free Nashville Predators podcast that's available to you wherever you get your podcast and we're streaming on YouTube as well. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at ontheforecheck.com and I have a partner in crime. You do.
1: I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at insidethepreds.com.
0: Uh we are in the middle of another long break between games. Oh, yeah. uh, a lot of vacation mode here lately.
1: Yeah, I think the guys are probably, I don't know, I I think they're probably liking it. This one was scheduled, so this one feels yeah. like they could have some more joy around it. The one yeah. with the postponed games, a little bit less joyful.
0: You can, you can sneak in a uh, Barbados trip or something like that here in the next week or so, I think.
1: I mean, I would give it a shot.
0: Yeah, uh look, maybe that's something that we can get out of the locked on budget to see, hey, is it possible to take a Barbados trip? Yes, during a six-day break between games. Hashtag journalism. That is called investigative journalism right here. Just <laughs> just put us right up there with Rick Westhead. Come hey, on. Let's do it. <laughs> uh well, the last time we saw the Preds was on Friday. Uh they beat the New York Islanders four to one. The Preds are now seven, one, and one in their last nine games, which is when their two-week road trip ended back in the middle of November. Uh, a few weird games in there. True. For really multiple reasons. Uh, but and I mean, it's you know, say what you will, maybe about the way the Preds have played in some of these games, not all. That's a big distinction. Yeah, but are they turning a corner i think that's fair to ask after this seven one and one stretch
1: i think it's a fair question my answer is yes dot 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 ellipsis question mark um But here's the thing that's really reassuring about this 7-1-1 stretch is we're seeing more consistent play from the Nashville Predators. So I think we're getting a better idea. I think everybody has settled in a little. You've seen UC Saros find his find his groove. You've seen Roman Yossi, who had a little bit of a slower start to the season, settling in and finding his game. You're seeing Matt Duchesne and Philip Forsberg kind of slowly finding their game. So I think this is probably a better picture of who the predators are. Now, like you said, some of these games, you know, make you go, hmm, like, who are you know, who are the predators? You you look at the statistics, you look at the outcomes of the games. There are some games where, you know, the New York Islanders, they were outshot, God bless Kevin Lankinen. you know, by yeah. a significant number. Give, he handled 49 shots.
0: Give Kevin Lankinen a fruit basket. Somebody's got to get him a fruit basket.
1: Let him go to Barbados in your suitcase. Kevin Lankinen earned that. <laughs> yeah. So there's some things that we're seeing that are very reassuring. This team is finding their groove. They're settling in. They're finding ways to win games that maybe statistically they shouldn't have. They're finding a way to steal games. And here's what's real in the National Hockey League. You're going to have to steal some games because ain't nobody going to give them to you. So I think the Predators are maybe pretty good.
0: Maybe feel like any answer we give to this question is going to have like five question marks at the end of it and yeah. have that upward inflection. No, you know, like you're kind of thinking about something. <laughs> well, you maybe going away, but you don't want to come in.
1: Yeah. I don't yeah. know. What do you think? Do you think that what do you I think mean, look, we're learning and, and it's with a 7-1-1 record what are we learning about
0: this team well i mean and here's the thing and because a lot of people are pointing to that islanders game and being mm-hmm. like wow the preds are going to win another game they had no business of winning do they even have a good win this year lol 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 uh-huh. uh, and it's it's important to note that yeah there's a couple of those wins that are like that mm-hmm. but at the same time like look at the, the game against the Devils in which analytically the Predators were the better team in that one. Yeah. Uh, and look, a lot of people uh, kind of on the other foot are pointing to like Arizona and uh, Anaheim and being like, oh, well, you know, that's, you know, we could, we had to go to overtime against two bad teams, but then look at, you know, the analytics and the Preds dominated those games. They dominated their three, nothing loss to Detroit, Uh, And then you go back on the schedule, and it's like, you know, look, they played very well against the Minnesota Wild. Uh, They played fairly well against the Islanders the first time around. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they played fairly well against the Tampa Bay Lightning, you know, even in that overtime loss. The Preds had a chance to win that game. So, yeah, there's a couple of those who Preds kind of stole that one games in this run. But there's also a lot of games in which the Preds did what you expect good hockey teams do and that's kind of dominate the play sometimes they need to work on finishing the play but they're kind of dominating the run of play and so that's why to me this you know the narrative of oh the Preds are you know punching above their weight they're winning games they are not supposed to they're going to come crashing down to earth I don't think it's valid Because Preds are going out there and dominating games they should dominate. A lot of times running into either just kind of weird puck luck or very, very good goaltending. The Preds have had some absolute stonewalled goalies Mm -hmm. on the other end of the ice in this stretch. So, yeah, I mean, look, the Predators are doing things that they should. There's obviously things you need to clean up, but... You, you can't say this is all luck either. No,
1: you they're seven, one and one. And I've seen kind of those comments about like the Predators haven't earned any of their wins so far. And I think, first of all, if that is maybe how you view hockey and you're going to look at analytics, just end the team with the last preseason game. If all you're going to do is look at the analytics, just end end it with the first preseason game and call it. Like, we don't actually need to play any games. Yeah, hit Sim
0: on the entire NHL season. Yes.
1: Like, don't waste my time. But this is, is, you, you look at the Devils game and you look at the statistics and the Nashville Predators played really well. But so did the New Jersey Devils. It's not like the New Jersey Devils were fumbling around and had absolutely uh, just the worst performance. And that's how the Nashville Predators stole that win. Nashville worked their tushes off for that win. Now, anybody who's going to beat the Devils is pretty much going to have to work their tushes off. Because the Devils, I think, especially this year, are a team who just don't seem to make a lot of mistakes. Like, they are such a great team and, and they don't make mistakes. They don't provide a lot of opportunities. So I'm not sure where that narrative comes from. And I find it exhausting.
0: Yeah. And only this devil's second loss since October mm-hmm. 24 of any kind. So there's yeah. something Nashville to hang its hat on. Yep. You know, look, and, and I've said this before. I think analytics, you know, they do tell a story like where yes. the fans need to improve. Like, is this going to be sustainable? Are they going to have to try some things to get some things going? I think it tells that story. Mm-hmm. But in terms of who gets to the postseason, what the wins and losses are you know, the record isn't determined by, you know, how many games in which you had the better Corsi or the better (laughs) high danger chances, right? They're one on wins and losses. And there is something to be said. And I said this last week, there is something to be said for a team that can go out there, sustain a lot of pressure, you know, Mm -hmm. sustain a lot of offensive play from the other team and still go out there and find a way to win. And you saw the Reds do that against the Islanders.
1: Yes, absolutely. The Islanders really, I was going back through and looking at some of like the shot pressure charts and things like that, looking at the analytics and the Islanders in so many ways really dominated that game. I mean, shots on goal, 49 to 23. Um, So really there was a lot going on, but in the NHL, Hot goalies win you games. And we know this because it's happened against the Nashville Predators recently. So to say that the Predators aren't a good team isn't necessarily accurate. Now, to say that they're going to win the Stanley Cup, I'm also not going there. So put that little raised inflection
0: thing at the end of that. They might might have vibes. They can always vibe their way to a Stanley Cup thing again.
1: Look, they're vibing. And there's no graph for vibing. This team is vibing right now. And, you know, I'm so sorry if their charts don't make you feel okay. But at the end of the, at the end of the season, like you said, it's about who wins games and the Nashville Predators on Friday against an absolute barrage of offense. Found a way to win a game. Now, the final score 4-1, not reflective of the game. It was it was a 2-1 nail biter look through your fingers at the screen as yeah. time wound down like dog ears kind of game. But at the end of the day, they won the game.
0: Probably also could have been five two for the Islanders. Uh, by the way, this Prince hot on, uh should also mention Kevin Laken and UC Sorrows, a Come huge part of it. Yes. Uh Yeah. Cause the Preds aren't this good without either of those two. Uh, another Preds player to talk about one that's kind of popped up in trade rumors lately. I don't know why, but he has Dante Fabro. We'll talk about that in just a second. Plus we got our plus minus from the past week coming up, but first, want to mention today's show is brought to you by Athletic Greens and their product, which I use pretty much every single day, AG1. I talked about this before. I started taking AG1 because Athletic Greens gave me a free thing. I was skeptical, uh, but I tried it anyway, and it tasted actually pretty good. Nice little vanilla tint, and I started using it over and over in time, and I kind of noticed improvements. I was not having the rumbly tummy during the day, I was focused, had lots of energy throughout the day. I could do my little afternoon workouts without that big crash. And yeah, I do think AG1 has played a big part of that because it's become part of my morning routine. So for those of you asking, what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and everybody's favorite adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, aging, pretty much, yeah, anything uh, that you can imagine. It's lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, whatever, it fits into your eating lifestyle and it contains less than one gram of sugar no gmos no nasty chemicals or artificial anything but it still tastes good it also supports sleep quality and recovery supports mental focus clarity as well alertness is one of the best things you can have and athletic greens uses the best products out there with nice little blend based on the latest science and they're constantly. Uh, tweaking the product with third-party testing to get the best blend out there. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop of uh, AG1 in a cup of water every day. That's all you need. No need for a million different pills and supplements that you have to buy separately and spend a lot of money on. Just one scoop per day. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com/slash NHL network. Again, athleticgreens.com/slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, Ann, if you check Twitter, oh dear, there is a lot of buzz about people booking fantasy trades for Dante Fabro. And we were confused about this because you brought this to my attention. I'm not really on Twitter a whole lot, you know, just during games Mm -hmm. and stuff. uh, I saw like a Dante Fabro tweet and I was like, okay, this is just some dude making fantasy booking. And then you mentioned you saw a bunch. So Mm -hmm. we went out and checked and this gets traced back Uh, to Nick Kiprios, who's a uh, guy on Sportsnet. Uh, And he wrote an op-ed for the Toronto Star saying that David Poyle wants to move a defenseman and is willing to part with Fabro for the right price. That was his words. Mm -hmm. Um, A, I don't really understand... That one, if you're from the Nashville Predators perspective, Poyle <laughs> perspective, because it seems like with Martin Borvietsky out, you're kind of playing with the. First off, there's not even a backup defenseman on the Preds roster. They are sca- they are going gung ho yes. with defensemen like this entire time. Uh, so I don't know why you would want to lose another one, but that's just me. Uh, number two, it's weird that, you know, the Preds finally have some chemistry and David Poyle would want to tweak this. So here's my question, Anne. A, how much validity do you think this has? And B, why? Yeah,
1: I... Question A, how much validity does this have? I don't really know because haven't heard it coming from you know the origin of it hasn't been around here in Nashville. But having heard that David Poyle is interested in moving a defenseman and maybe Dante Fabro, you think surely you didn't just make that up. So maybe there have been discussions about it. I am very surprised by this. I have to tell you, when we were talking about it, I'm very surprised by this for a number of reasons. Number one, the reason you brought up, who's going to play defense?
0: Who who else is there to
1: come? (laughs) Who else is there? I mean, Mark Borviansky out with injury. We saw the Predators uh, through the ending of the Islanders game roll with five defensemen because Ryan McDonough took a puck to the face and was out for part of that game. Um, and also send him a fruit basket, or take him to Barbados for that. But or both, or both. I don't. I think he would accept both happily. But what do the predators? What would they do on defense? You would have to get a defenseman if you're going to do something. You're going to have to get a defenseman. Yeah. Just. You know, stick with what you know. And I agree with you. They finally settled in with these new defensive pairings where you've got Yossi and McDonough together, which I think is absolute magic. I think you're seeing improvement in Roman Yossi's game. I think Ryan McDonough feels more comfortable with that. You've got Carrier and Ekholm and Fabro and Lazan, which maybe isn't the strongest defensive pairing in the NHL, but it's getting it done for a third defensive pairing. I just... Can't figure out what the upside for Nashville would be to trading Dante Fabro because who is there coming up through in Milwaukee? Now we've seen uh, Jordan Gross. Is it Jordan Gross that we saw? Yes, come up. And I thought that he played pretty well, but is he ready for the minutes for the game stretch? To play at the NHL level like the expectation is for Dante Fabro. Dante Fabro is a young guy, but he's got seasons under his belt. This does not make a lot of sense to me, and I find it just slightly alarming.
0: Yeah, and uh, you look at who else is on that Milwaukee roster. You know, Mark Del
1: right now him. probably
0: the big guy that would come up. But, you know, he's having, you know, a little bit of a quiet year in milwaukee mm-hmm. although certainly get that chance you know you also talk about spencer Stasney and adam willsby you know two prize mm-hmm. defensive prospects but you know I, I think they need another year of seasoning as well i don't think they're quite ready uh, to make that jump to the nhl so yeah who do you bring up that would give you the same sort of level as dante Fabro that doesn't make a lot of sense to me unless you're bringing somebody back But you kind of think you kind of look at like what's being talked about in terms of Fabro right now. Uh, You know, there's, the article was out there because of Toronto and, you Mm -hmm. know, Toronto just lost Morgan Riley for probably the bulk of this season. Um, And so, you know, they're not going to want to give up an NHL ready defenseman when their entire purpose of making the trade is because they don't have enough NHL ready defensemen. Uh, somebody like Ottawa also, that's kind of been another name thrown out there looking for a defenseman. They're not going to want to give up like anybody who the Preds would want to step in and fill in right away. Um, and you know, I guess from the Preds perspective, the draw would be to get another forward. Yeah. Like I can't think of any other reason you would make that Dante Fabro trade
1: yeah what can you get and here's the thing when mark Borvietsky comes back i think the predators are in a really great position defensively like right now things are going okay they're holding steady but you get Borvietsky back and the predators are in a good position defensively why would you jack with that and if you want to get a forward and i don't even like saying this out loud but if the predators are looking for a forward just trade ellie tolvanen not that i want to put that out there but he's not getting any ice time so why yeah. would you give up a defenseman when you have this very valuable perfectly good and yet still collecting dust forward yeah. I, I just i i really can't see a scenario in which a Dante Fabro trade makes any sense for the nashville predators here is what i will say david poyle's gonna david poyle like david poyle is a name and it is a verb yeah. So, you know, you kind of just have <laughs> to sit back and 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 see what unfolds. But I just when I read that I thought I just can't in my mind put together a scenario where losing Dante Fabro somehow makes the Nashville Predators better.
0: No. I, I I again, I think this is one of those things I take with a big Big grain of salt, <laughs> uh, because as you as we mentioned, it just it it doesn't make sense. Not saying mm-hmm. that it's wrong, that it hasn't been discussed at some point, right? Like maybe maybe earlier in this off season, like maybe that's where uh, Kiprios is getting this from. Like maybe in the off season, David Poyle was going out there and trying to include Dante Fabro in some trade packages, you know, JT Miller before he. Right deal or, you know, a piece in a Matthew Kachuk trade because, you know, it was rumored Calgary was, uh you know, kind of maybe looking for a defenseman to shore up that line as well. So maybe like from that angle, and we talked about this in the offseason, like, you know, Dante Fabro would be somebody that you would fit in a trade piece. But at this very moment, like right, right. now, that's where it kind of makes Less sense to me,
1: yeah in the scenario in which the predators find themselves today, I cannot see a scenario in which Dante
0: Fabro is traded. but again, David Poyle's gonna David Poyle <laughs> yeah uh, so uh, join us tomorrow when we break down the Dante Fabro trade and uh, yeah <laughs> Uh, we'll we'll see what the Predators their big return from the Toronto Maple Leafs that's coming up tomorrow. Oh gosh, let's let's hope not. Let's hope not. Yeah, but what and- is
1: coming up? What is coming up? And what matters the most because it's Monday? Is plus minus. We have to celebrate the good things that happened this week. We're going to have to point out some minus things that uh, happened this week. And we're going to do that in just one minute. But first, we want to thank you for making Locked On your first listen of the day. And we want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by our great friends at betonline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football, basketball, to soccer and esports. everything you could be interested in, they cover it at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, and we know you do, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Bet online is always the fastest and the easiest way to get your betting fixed. So head to their website today, or you can use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.
0: All right, Ann, it's Monday. And it is so Monday. Plus, minus this is where we go through the past week of Preds hockey. Give pluses to the things that worked well, minuses to the things we didn't. So, Anne, let's be optimist and start out with a plus.
1: All right. I am going to just start out with a topic and a plus that, you know, brings me delight on a cellular level to shout out. And that is Matthew Duchesne. So Matt Duchesne has had six points in the three games this week, uh, two assists in Anaheim, an assist against the Devils. And in the Islanders, he had a goal and two assists. But here's the thing I most want to shout out about his play this week. And this was in the New Jersey Devils game in overtime. Matt Duchesne was so tenacious after that puck in the overtime. Got the turnover in the offensive zone and such a smart play to be aware of where Ryan Johansson was, where he would be and the timing to make that overtime goal work. Matt Duchesne really, just an incredible week for my good friend, Matt Duchesne. And it's interesting because Duchesne this week has played with a couple different players. He has been with Sissons and Janot, and then against the Islanders, he was with Grandland and Parsons. So he's kind of just sort of moving in and out of different spots in the lineup, but I love seeing him successful wherever they put him. It is really good to see him kind of get back to that playmaking that I think is such a valuable part of his game. So
0: let's hear it from Matthew Duchesne deserves a play to your duchess cookies he does he, he would have been your duchess cookie guy last week we gotta yes. bring that segment back by the way we should i'm ready to do some baking we could bring it back yeah, yeah. and matt duchene the the empty netter he scored against the islanders almost look like that exact kind of setup as that overtime yeah. goal against the devil yeah. as well that just sort of not give up on the puck yep. yeah I, I hard agree. play and i am going to give us. Uh, <laughs> You know, we have we have given this aspect of the Predators game so much crap this season. <laughs> I know so I feel going. like we should go ahead and give a plus to the Preds' power play. Not one, not three, but two power play goals against <laughs> the New York Islanders on Friday yeah uh, two for three on the power play and they look pretty good too like that yeah. just like the good puck rotation and you know getting guys in and out of dangerous areas kind of creating all these zigzags and stuff mm-hmm. like that and, you know the islanders had trouble kind of keeping track of where the passing lanes are and then opened it up for two goals uh from one from bill forsberg one from a wicked Romani- oh my gosh uh Shay Weber reincarnate right there with the perfect yeah. with the perfect Patrick Hornquist esque screen right in the front of the goaltender there uh and yeah look it's it's not a perfect power play i mean they're still one of the worst in the nhl but hey two goals against the new york islanders who are a pretty good special teams play mm-hmm. uh yeah you, you got to give the power plays some kudos
1: Yes. Please do that more often. Yes. Let us replicate what we saw from the power play this week. I agree with that. I had that in my plus column under the drunk power play was how I filed that in my plus (laughs) column. Yeah. (laughs) Because, you know, sometimes the power play is drunk and it is a messy, angry drunk and nobody wants to be around it. But this week, it was the fun drunk. That
0: got too much. Too much. Too much. Too much. much.
1: yeah the power play
0: yeah it's like it's like finally finding a cute co-worker at the office christmas party to take home look you may not have no you may have zero action for 11 months of the year but you really hit the home run at the christmas party
1: (laughs) i thought that only happened on love actually which you still probably haven't watched
0: i did see the holiday the other day okay
1: that's a start we're getting there we'd still have time but not seeing that is a minus another minus. Okay. I'm going outside of the sphere of the Nashville predators. There are a couple of minuses for the Nashville predators, but this one I just have big feelings about. So we're going to go right there. And my minus for this week in the NHL goes to Jordan. I'm a baby Bennington. (laughs) What is going on with this young man? Uh, I understand. I understand. Like I have a heart for feeling frustrated and and being so competitive and being frustrated when things don't go your way. But the way that Jordan Bennington seems to handle his frustrations is so far less than professional. So in the game against the Penguins, he allowed three goals in the first period. So as uh, is it? Uh, Zucker was going around behind the back of the net. He just whacked him with his, uh, with his blocker. And like, are we 12? Like, are we 12? What is this about? And can we, can we get it under control? They talk, you know, earlier in the week, this one is actually a little bit funny. And you would think this one would have maybe been a, a life lesson. He tried to take out Jordan Stahl, behind the net and ended up just absolutely getting leveled. God bless. But it's that kind of thing where I'm like, is somebody stepping in and saying, hey, let's sit down and talk about some things? Or are we doing what his coach said, which is, you know, just stop the puck. Yes, that is his job. But can we talk about the bigger picture?
0: Well, the best part of that was he did that he then got pulled because mm-hmm. he sucked in that game and as he's skating off of course jason zucker and the penguins are chirping him from the bench he skates over to the penguins bench and tries to start something and that's when craig Berube, the blues coach was like you know hey i don't like it and somebody kind of brought up an interesting point uh, in the sb nation group chat the other day You don't say that if you're Craig Berube, you don't say that to the press unless you've already said it to Jordan Bennington. So it's like, I wonder, you know, I mean, a is Craig Berube an actual good coach who's going to say something to Jordan Bennington about that. But B, you know, is this Jordan Bennington not getting the picture from his head coach and if that's the case, if this guy is just a hothead who, you know, doesn't have a leash on him, then that's Red flag. that's a whole different thing. Uh, and, you know, the other thing is, like, he's like, a lot of people are like, oh, well, like, think back to, like, Patrick Waugh and Ron Hextall and Billy Smith and some of these, you know, goalies who would just go out there and, you know, take shots at people and kind of get in people's faces. They could back that up because they were good. Yes. Yeah, yes. they could – Patrick Waugh could go out there and take a whack at somebody or Ron Hextall could go into the corner and just punch a guy in the face because <laughs> they were good goaltenders back in their day. Jordan mm-hmm. Bennington, this, is, this isn't like, you know, you're – this isn't just – you know, Hey, you're, you're trying to jump into a fray or some guy's been talking smack. So you start something. This is a guy that's getting beat, getting frustrated, and then just losing his cool on somebody. And let me tell you what, Jordan Bennington, and this is kind of a warning to St. Louis blues. Jordan Bennington is going to do that to the wrong team. Who is going to have a very large person on the ice who is going to just level him.
1: Like it's mm-hmm. gonna be like
0: the uh, the Andrew Peters Ray Emery fight, yeah, uh, from back in 2007, where it's just like, okay, you're like talking smack, you're gonna go in there. Okay, here's our enforcer. Our enforcer is gonna drop the gloves with you. Yeah, uh, that's that's gonna be what happens in St. Louis. That is gonna spark a massive brawl. So, yeah, that's very disturbing.
1: And in his defense, the penguins are annoying. Like I get yeah. that, but if you are frustrated about your game, where what is your mental work? Where that's how you behave. So big red flag for me. Yeah, big that's, red. Do it, just
0: do what Thomas Vokun did, and just kick him. Just kick him as they go by. Like stick your leg up. <laughs> like that's that's the old school predators way, baby. That's right. That's look, how we do and that. I, I know we're hot to miss. We I are. Know, I know we like to end on a plus, mm-hmm. but I have to end on a minus. Maybe the most controversial minus out there. Okay. Roman Yossi's haircut. Oh my gosh, what happened? And we what talk happened? About it. look, the my god, look, I am <laughs> look, I am a I am a straight male.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But Roman Yossi's haircut at the end of that Islanders game with just the locks coming down on his face and the ragged mm-hmm. hair. I was, Donna Summer's It's raining Men was just <laughs> blasting in my head as Roman Yossi took that helmet off. Uh, yeah. And I had I felt my heart drop as he announced he was getting the haircut the next day. And then to actually see it. Uh, it's very disappointing that Mrs. Yossi didn't get in his ear and put a stop to this. It's disappointing that nobody in Romaniossi's circle is like, dude, you have like your Swiss ice warrior look going on right now. yeah It is a Luke. It <laughs> is a Luke with five W's in there. Nobody thought to stop this. That to me is disappointing.
1: I'm hoping that it's a bad, like the photo, I'm hoping it's just a bad angle or maybe a one-off bad styling because it, the photo was disappointing. And here's the thing. When Yossi did the interview and he was like, oh, I'm getting my haircut. I thought, why would you do that? Like you were in, he's in peak headband. Hmm. Like he had peak headband curls and length. And I was like, no, you're right where you want to be my friend. Yeah, But yeah.
0: It was like, it was the perfect combination of like length and curl. Yes, it was like magic. There, like we were, we we're entering potential man bun territory.
1: Yes, we were right on the cusp of athletic yeah. man bun.
0: Yeah, would have been up there with Walker Zimmerman for all hair MVP of Nashville yes. sports. Uh, but yes. sadly, sadly that is that is no longer the case.
1: Yeah. It grows back. That's what we'll, that's, we take comfort in, in knowing that it grows back. But yeah, the, the photo, I just hope it was a bad angle or bad lighting for the we, new haircut. We, somebody's got to get
0: in here next time. Yeah. Look, look, nine, $9 million a year. You can find yourself a style circle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we can do it. We can do it. it could, yeah, It could be our side hustle. We'll style yeah.
0: Roman Yossi. Yeah. Uh, so a uh, big show coming up tomorrow uh, as the Preds are on the break, but the baby Preds are going strong. So we got our prospect expert, Eric Dene coming on. We're going to talk the admirals. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the hot prospects that the Preds have going on right now. Guys you know, like Logan Hero. That's a big guy coming up. There's a lot of plenty to talk about in that regard. So that's coming up on tomorrow's show. And, Give yourself a plug. Where can people find your work?
1: You can find my work at inside the Preds.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Ann K underscore mama on ice.
0: You can find me at on or wing it at Motown.com or follow me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. And if you are on Twitter, also be sure to follow the podcast at LO underscore Predators. However you're listening to this right now, whether you're watching us on YouTube or listening on your favorite podcasting platform, be sure to hit that subscribe button, give us a rating, and leave a comment. Let us know what you think of anything from Roman Yossi's haircut to the Dante Fabro trade rumors. We'd love to get your take on it. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back tomorrow with an all new episode. We'll see you then.